every day for the length of your vacation. Ten thousand tournaments. Ten thousand tournaments. Ten thousand tournaments. Ten thousand What are you saying? What are you saying now? What are you saying? I don't know what I'm saying. As the older blur. As, as the older brother. Blah, blah. As the older brother. Blah, blah, blah. You must follow, right? Ha, blah, blah, blah. Sound like I'm in a bubble bath. You know what we gotta work on though? What? We're not allowed to say Mario. Did you know? Why not? Because apparently it's pronounced Mario. Like Ma. When you're from Italy, of course you'd say Mario. Right. How do you say Luigi? Luigi. What? Sounds like a legendary Pokemon. It is. Like Lugia. Would you say Lugia or Lugia? Lugia. I would avoid this topic in future conversations. Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss the 20-win challenge, the changing meta, and more. Bada bada. Boom. Boom! And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CLNSmedia.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, we hope you enjoy the show. Episode 8. One, baby, let's go. Welcome back, bro. We are back. Feels good, right? Feels real good. I know. We got our birthday episode coming up. Do we? We do. We're turning three. Can we have alcohol yet? No, I don't think so. Not at three. Right. So... 18 more years. Right. You do math well. Uh, simple math, sure. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's a square root of pi. 44! Oh, I don't think so. Close enough, though. Say <laughs> It's not right. <laughs> Um, so what are we going to do for our birthday episode? We may have something planned, but we have to see if it pans out. Right. You know? I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. I want to underpromise and overdeliver. Right. That's like kind of going on vacation, right? Yep. And you're going to the beach. And it's like May. Okay. I'm at the beach in May. I like it. And the weather's warm, right? But you go to the beach and you, you try and go swimming in the ocean and it's cold because the the ocean still hasn't gotten warm yet right that's like an over promise and an under deliver it's like you're going on vacation and can't even enjoy the vacation properly yeah and at that point you just have to resort to the pool no at that point you just you get out of the water and you're mad and then you've got sand on your feet right and then the the it's windy and now you've got sand in your hair this sounds like a horrible vacation now that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what an overpromise and underdelivery is. Yeah. So listen, team, we do not want to give you a terrible vacation. That's our goal. Our goal is to give you a fun vacation, right? Right. We want to give you warm water. Right. Yeah. I guess that's really what it boils down to. Warm. Ha. <laughs> warm. It boils down to <laughs> warm water. Nice, Rob. Oh, I'm sorry. I crack myself up sometimes. I'm just in a good mood today, so I think we should just dive right in after that beautiful analogy. I have those every once in a while. I know, and they're great every time. So, how was your week in the arena? Week's been an up and down kind of week, man. 
Ooh, why? I don't know why. I feel like Pompeo's Papaya, like I, mm-hmm. I am still using that deck. It's the yeah. Balloon Cycle deck, for those of you who do not know. Um, it's a fantastic deck, and don't get me wrong, I'm doing pretty good with it, right? Like, I'm at 5,042 trophies at this point in the season. It's not Ooh, too bad. That is good. No, it's pretty good. Like, I'm, 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 I'm enjoying playing the deck. But I think the thing for me is that three, four, maybe even five months ago, mm-hmm. the deck itself was still quote-unquote off-meta, right? Mm-hmm. And so, at the end of the day, it's not that people aren't using the deck a lot more. My point is that people are playing against the deck more. <laughs> yeah. And so they're becoming more familiar with it. They recognize it faster. They can counter the deck better. So my, I guess my point is I'm, I'm having a harder time climbing now, a much more challenging time to climb now than I did, say, three months ago. With the same deck, with higher levels. <laughs> right. Yeah, that could be frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it's not even so much that it's frustrating. It's just that I guess my... My whole thing is, okay, well, if I'm going to reach my cap with this deck, you know, I think my cap with this deck was around 5,500 trophies. Yeah. That was, this is the deck that took me to 5,500 trophies. So I'm like, okay, well, what's the next deck? And like, I have to be so certain that not only is it a good deck, but that it's meta enough to stay good and Mm -hmm. not too good where they'll nerf it before I get it maxed. That's a good point. Yeah. I got to find like, this this like balance of like that's and that's what i did with with pompeo's papaya i I have enjoyed playing the deck for like eight months and i love it but it's gonna be a hard decision to make like switching to a new deck that i know will be good for a pretty decent amount of time that i can actually spend the time to invest into the deck because if i can't if i spend time to invest in the deck and then they nerf it i'm gonna be pretty mad yeah i would be pretty mad too i think most people would be pretty mad and that's probably what happens every time decks get nerfed Oh, yeah, every time. But then you've got those people that, like, play the bomber or the bomb tower, and they're like, oh, my card got buffed! Right. (laughs) Good point. I mean, other than that, it sounds like you're still kind of having fun on the ladder. At least you've made it to over 5,000, right? Yeah. So, anything else happening? Uh, Well, the clan, Casserail 2, is currently sitting at 6,200 trophies. Ooh. We are moving, and we are grooving, baby. Yeah? Are you guys doing anything else other than moving and grooving? We are hipping and hopping. We are high flying and we are limousine riding, baby. Let's go. Oh. You want to know what I'm most excited about for this coming weekend? I mean, we're recording now, so I say this coming weekend, but to people who listen, it will have already passed. It will have been their entire weekend. Right. Yeah. But what are you looking forward to? I am locked and loaded, dude, for the 20 win challenge. Oh, yeah. At this point in time, I have just started to play. I am currently 4-0. I think you tried. We can talk about that after. But you get three free entries. We'll talk about it a little bit later. I am super excited. The biggest thing with this challenge is that the last time it happened, I don't know if you remember, dude, but I got it. I got the 20-win challenge. I streamed it on Twitch, and it was like the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. And now because of that, I feel like if I try it again, I'm going to totally let myself down. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if you go into it with that mentality, you know what I think the reason why, I, honestly, I think you're really going to get it again. But if you don't, you know what the reason why is? Tell me. It's because of the final reward. It's because they had to attach something awesome as the final reward that's going to really put it over the edge. But we could talk about that when we actually get to the topic section. I totally agree. Yeah. So how was your week in the arena? 
uh, pretty good. Uh, currently sitting around 4,300 trophies, which is, it doesn't sound like it's that high, but for the current deck that I'm using, it actually is pretty good. Um, I'm currently working on a new P.E.K.K.A. deck and nice. uh, swapping some cards out and having a lot of fun with it, but I'll randomly take it on the ladder just to see if it could survive. Um, and I also think that I made it to 4,400 trophies, but again, because I'm still getting used to it and because the card levels are not up to snuff when it comes to the legendary arena, I can't really hold my own. I can, I can handle it for a little while, but once I, if I ever make it to 4,400, it easily brings me back down to 41. So, so it sounds like you're going to do the deck spotlight this episode. No, maybe not this episode, but maybe a different episode. <laughs> we'll see. So what else? Um, I got a Ram Rider from a war chest. Nice. Yeah. Uh, not really using her right now, although I know she's pretty good, but I'm going to use her as leverage for trades to get Malog. Malog. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, we'll talk about the actual tournament in a couple minutes, but the global tourney that happened, I got nine wins. Nice, dude. Yeah, my highest was eight previously on the last one. So now I'm at nine and I was using this new P.E.K.K.A. deck. So I wonder if that's part of it or I'm just getting better at the global tournaments. You played, right? Didn't you stream it? I totally forgot about this, but yeah, I did. How'd that go? It went really well. I'm sorry I couldn't watch it, by the way. I was driving when you were doing it. No, it's all good, man. <laughs> I mean, it was spur of the moment. And I yeah. think like you, my previous best win was like either seven or eight wins right right around that area right dude i turned the stream on and i just started i just started going and i got like 16 or 17 wins really yeah man i couldn't believe it i mean i was winning a ton of games that i shouldn't have won like the guy made a misplay at the very end he right. was winning the whole yeah, time yeah. kind of game and 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 i just like kind of you know did a weird comeback at the end to mm-hmm. win um but dude yeah i had a lot of fun this this global tourney was was pretty fun Ooh, did you get your emote? I got my emote, finally, the Rascal emote. That's part of my week in the arena. Oh, I did. Yeah, it's great. I love the emote. Me too. It's a lot of fun. I like all of the emotes that have the girls in them. I think they're all great. Oh, like the, um, the princess that, that does like the arm motion? Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to the topics, but yeah, that one. That one specifically really gets me going. I like that one. It's fun. Yeah, I agree. So how's your clan doing in, in Clan Wars, dude? You sure you want to know? Uh, what? Are you sitting down? I am. Should I be standing? Mm, no, because you may fall. Okay, I'll safely sit then. Okay, you ready? Sitting and ready. 6,874 trophies! What? Yeah, dude! Dude, you guys put like a steroid on your clan. Yeah, I think the entire clan is just like chugging Red Bulls right now. Like just really amped up. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know how we're doing it, but it's best not to question things sometimes. Yeah, when things are good, man, you just gotta take the punches as they come and just enjoy them. Let it ride. Let it ride. Right. (laughs) Um, But other than that, uh, that's really all that's been happening to me in the last week, two weeks. Sounds like a pretty eventful week, Robert. It certainly was. Um, But now we've been talking about it for so long. Let's get over to the topics. Uh, We did have a couple of global tournaments. And my favorite one, I think, was the Double Elixir Global Tourney. Did you get to play this one? <laughs> I did. And this was not the one that I got 16 or 17 wins on. I, I sadly got, like, two. Ooh. Two or three. Real good. Two or three. Real good. I mean, I don't think I really did that much better. I think I did, like, three or four. So we're both pretty terrible. Well. In that tourney. Can't win them all, Rob. No, you can't. 
You're right. <laughs> I know. And I don't really think that we need to go into all the details of the global tourney. I think everybody kind of knows what happened. But what we did get was the Musketeer Draft Challenge. And dude, this was awesome. Can I just say that I love these challenges? You can. You can say it again if you want, if you really love them. I really love these challenges. Not for the fact <laughs> that like, it's just like a Musketeer, but just the fact that it's, like, it's a forced card to use in a draft challenge that you necessarily wouldn't always use, right? So it adds a little bit of variety to the game, which you wouldn't always have. But also, what was even better were the rewards. They gave you a pretty good amount of gold, and what was even cooler was that they gave you an emote at the end if you got all eight wins. And by the way, the emote's pretty cool. I mean, it's like the musketeer. She's got the gun. It's like a smoking gun as if she had just shot it off, and then she kind of blows it away as if it's like... You know what it kind of reminds me of? It's kind of like a mic drop moment. You know when like a, a person like disses somebody on a microphone and they just kind of like drop the mic and walk away? With the musketeer, that's exactly what it is. Only she's not going to drop her gun. She just blows the smoke away. I agree with you. It can be that, but I also feel like it fits for a lot of other situations too. Like it, it's good when you are doing horribly and somebody like snipes your tower because you can do it. And then who can really be mad at that if you do that to someone that sniped your tower? Right. It's like you're kind of like acknowledging the fact that they did it. Exactly. I, th I do feel like it works in both situations like that. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I love the new emotes. I feel like they're getting much more creative and much more clever. I mean, I, I feel like when the emotes first came out, they were, you know, we were kind of like in this honeymoon phase where we just thought everything that they did was, you know, good. Um, and then they kind of got stale. Like, I, I just didn't understand a lot of the emotes that they kind of came out with. And then they just came out with these really awesome ones. There's mm -hmm. the, the animations are so much better. The concepts are so much better. And, and you might say, oh, it's just an emote. But emotes add a level of personality to the game that otherwise yeah. wouldn't be there, which I think is super important. I agree. It almost feels like you're playing against a character as opposed to a person. Exactly. Yeah. This had me thinking. Do you think one day we'll ever meet the king's queen? No. Hmm. Do you think the king flies solo? Nah, nah. He's a G, dude. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if he had a queen, what do you think her name would be? Tabitha. <laughs> what? I mean... What other name would you say is better? Cersei. Nice. <laughs> I think that's good. Game of Thrones, let's yeah. go. It's a, little, it's a little too evil, but I, I do think it's a good name for a queen. Yeah, I, I get it. So I don't know if we mentioned what the other actual emotes were. So we had a Ram Rider, which she rubs that black grease underneath her eyes like she's getting ready for game day, which is perfect. And then we also have the princess that throws her arm up and gives the flex muscle, you know, and she has that cool bandana on her head. I love both of them, but my favorite one is the princess. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That Hands down, that's like the best one. Yeah, dude. It's like, in terms of every emote, I think it's like in the top five. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think it's adorable and also super effective every single time. So please make more emotes that are like that. But dude, aside from that, we got some like, we got a new thing in the game. Oh, yeah, we did. Clash Venture Episode 1. Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about what this is? Yeah, dude. So this is like... A pretty sweet animation series that is kind of sort of built into the game. I mean, you have to tap a link that brings you into another area. But, um, dude, it's pretty sweet. You essentially get to choose your own adventure. So the first part of the choosing was the king and, I guess, Larry are hanging out in the middle of the woods because they're running from a bunch of stuff, and a giant finds them. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, and as the public, we get to choose whether the king throws Larry as a distraction to buy more time or I don't remember what the other option is but it was either throw Larry or don't throw Larry take a guess what I picked I, 
As you said that, I was going to say, can I just say Larry's getting thrown, dude? Yeah, well, guess what Guess what I picked? I, I'm assuming you picked do not throw him. That's exactly what I picked. Because rip, Larry too soon. We love yeah. little Larry, but the I community know. is throwing him. Yeah, I, I knew it was happening. And when I voted, it was like 75% to 25%. So I in, knew I was in, in favor in- of throwing him, right? Of of course, there was no way that they weren't going to throw him. I mean, think about it. When Clash Royale makes like a video, Larry is like the first one getting his head shot off by an archer and the arrow just like knocks his head off his body. Or stepped on by another giant skeleton. Totally agree. I mean, Larry's yeah. got no shot. So if he has a chance to be thrown or not to be thrown, Shakespeare's throwing him, dude. I, f- I feel like Larry has slowly become this game's uh, mascot punching bag. He should be. Like, the game needs something like that, where the community just kind of has this one character, you know? <laughs> yeah. That they just mess up. And that's cool. Like, it's not bad. It's just, it's, it's literally not even a card. It's just one piece of a card, Larry, which doesn't even exist. Right. No, I agree. I think, I think it'd be funny to see all the different things that people can make him do. Plus, who knows what's actually going to happen once he's thrown. Does he survive? He's already dead. He can't die. Right, so does he continue with the rest of the Clash venture? I don't know, but what I did like was that he, they, the, him and the king both drank something. Oh, the rage or the elixir? It was one of those two things, I couldn't I, really tell. I think tell. it was elixir, but if it was rage, he's underage, right, so. Well, that's true, that's and, true. Right, I mean, come on. <laughs> right, we went over this last time. <laughs> that's, in my mind, that's right. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but either way, it's like exactly what you would picture. It's just like, you know, liquid falling through his body. Yeah, because of course he's got no skin to keep the liquid inside. So I, I love the whole concept. I thought the humor was great. The animations were great. The whole choose-your-own-adventure thing was a nice uh, touch to something that we would normally just be watching and hoping it's good. Now we get to make it good. We can make it good, but we can also make it really dark. And I feel like if the options are A and B, good and bad, the community will choose the evil side all the time. 100%. But that's not all we got, dude. No, it's not. Yeah, we also received a huge announcement from Clash that CRL is back! Back and better than ever, man. Please tell us about it, because you're the expert now that you've qualified for your round last year. Yeah, dude, so CRL Season 2 is back. All the details haven't been finalized yet, but dude, we are almost there. And the 21 challenge is just one small piece of a very, very big puzzle. So, just like last time, they have pre-selected teams, right? Mm-hmm. And those teams are, just like last time, based on esports history, expertise, player treatment, and other traits. And most importantly, their contribution to the long-term success of Clash Royale League. As a priority, CRL gave teams that were involved in CRL 2018 priority to join over non-CRL teams last year, right? So if you were a pro CRL team last year, you had priority if you wanted to join or not this year, right? Before they started to kind of look for other teams. Yeah, so it's kind of like a buy in like a national competition. That's what that's called. In theory, right? It's, it's kind of like you are already allowed into the league. Yep. Right. Um, and you don't have to be scouted again and kind of prove your worth. Right. One of the big questions that a lot of players ask, Rob, is, well, how can I be a part of it? And there's two ways. One, you have to be the age of 16, at least 16, by March 1st of 2019. So then what, right? 
Well, then you get into the 21 challenge. How can I participate? Well, two ways. One, you can either be scouted just by a normal team, right? Based on your mm-hmm. community experience, based on your reputation in the community, on ladder, as a pro player, whatever that might be. Sure. Or you can play the 21 challenge. And if you play the 21 challenge and you get 20 wins, you get put into a queue of people that get information in-game information that allow you to then participate in online bracket qualifiers, which give you exposure to the CRL teams that are currently taking part in CRL. So Rob, that gives the you's and me's and anybody else that listens to this podcast, if you get a chance, if you get lucky enough, if your skill comes out and you get 20 wins, you then go to these online qualifiers for which people can see how good you really are. What that means, Rob, is that players have the chance to shine. You can find a gem in the rough which normally wouldn't have been there because maybe they just aren't known in the community. Maybe it's someone that just isn't well known, but they're super good at this game. These types of things allow the community gems to be found, and I'm super excited about it. Yeah, dude, this is literally the greatest event that Clash has ever started doing, and I'm so happy that it's continuing. Yeah, me too. But just keep in mind, right? Like just because you get the CRL 20 win challenge and then, you know, you participate in the online qualifiers, it doesn't really guarantee you a spot to become a CRL player. Teams have to scout you. Teams have to analyze what kind of worth you would be to their team. What role will you serve? If you don't serve a role, well, then you probably won't get picked. And so there's no guarantee. And so the the point that I'm trying to make is that you never really stop working. It's like you constantly, it becomes like a real profession for these people where they get brought into a house and they get taken care of and they get compensation and they're constantly working and analyzing and figuring out how they can do better and constantly improve. That's mm-hmm. what this league is about. And that's what the league expects of their teams. And that's what the teams expect of their players. So it's like this domino effect that just never stops. And, 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 and that I think is why the games last year were so good because that's the kind of player that these teams have on their team. My favorite part about it is the fact that it's community driven. I, I think that that's one of the few things that many games just don't really recognize a lot. And it's always about just who is already considered a pro. So the fact that this qualifier is essentially in the hands of millions upon millions of players around the world, that gives everyone the same starting fair shot. And I think that's beautiful. So question, do they say, I didn't really read too much about it. I I just got too excited and went into work when I found out about it. But what or where is it being held this year? So CRL West, which is the new region, right? There used to be Mm -hmm. like NA and Latin America. That's now in Europe, right? That's now combined into CRL West. That's going to be played and produced out of LA, California in the USA. CRL Asia is going to be produced in Seoul, South Korea. And CRL China will be played and produced in Shanghai, China. Key thing here, in order to participate, you have to, this is a must, relocate before and through the entire CRL season. Keep in mind, all CRL regions will consist of two seasons, spring and fall, not just one, call it quarter, right? Which is different from last year. Then the two biggest questions, are you ready? Ready. Are they going to be broadcasting in horizontal or vertical this year? (laughs) Guess what the answer is. Oh, do I want to know? Do I need to be sitting for this? Dude, they're doing it in horizontal. Get out of here. They're doing it in horizontal. They're switching. They took the feedback. The people have spoken. The game 
has heard the voices speak those words, and we're getting horizontal, dude. Good job, guys. Not only are we choosing our own Clash Venture, but we're choosing horizontal mode. Dude, horizontal, that needed to happen. I mean, you were to look at how they they didn't even do, like, it was just like the North America was like vertical, and it was pretty annoying, right? It got better and better and better as they kind of kept doing it, but still, it didn't match at all in comparison to like how China was doing. Right. And it just looks so much better. And sure, the game is just a little bit smaller. But to be honest with you, Clash Royale is not the kind of game that you need to have like a huge screen for. Like, you know what the troop looks like, you know where someone places it. Okay, you can see what's happening on the screen. You know what I did last year when that kind of stuff was happening? Because I didn't, I didn't really care about watching it on my phone. I just turned on airplay mirroring and I threw it on my Apple TV. So I watched it on a 55 inch 4K TV. Yeah, but that only looks good if you hor- if it's in horizontal. If it's in vertical, it's just like what is it? 60% of your screen is like black. No, I I get that, but I'm saying in terms of actual like size and size. scale, right? Right, right? It's better to just watch it on a big screen TV than it is on a small screen. I totally agree. It's just still yeah. like cosmetically it looks it looks silly. Oh, I agree. Horizontal landscape needs to happen. So I'm so happy that they decided to change that. Prize pool. Really? Oh yeah. It's at least a million dollars. What? The full amount will be determined at a future date, but it's at least a minimum of a million dollars is existing within the prize pool. I think my head just exploded. What would you do if you got a million dollars from winning a massive Clash Royale championship? What would you do with that million? Would you go to Disneyland? Rob, I would go on a vacation that has warm ocean water. (laughs) That's... That's where I'd go. <laughs> it would it would not be uh, like over promising and under delivering. It would right. be like the perfect vacation. And yeah. I'd still have money left over. And then you want to know what I would do? Yeah. I would host a 1000 person tournament where the winner got $10,000. I would host a tournament for the community where the winner of the tournament or like make like multiple tournaments where there's like 10 different tournaments. Yeah. And then like those 10 winners get into a bracket. And then the winner of the bracket gets like 10 grand. If I had a million, I would, I would easily do that. All right. So if this ever happens to you, you should do one tournament every day for the length of your vacation. $10,000 a tournament. So anyway, <laughs> that's not all of the information related to CRL. But as more information comes out, Clash Royale Esports will release more information to us to keep us in the loop on where things are going, timing of things, and when everything is happening. And as we get more information, we will share it here. But if you're looking for the most current detailed information, check out your eSports tab within your Clash Royale app. Boom. Boom. So let's talk about the challenge quickly. Yes, please. Let's do that. Three free entries, which you talked about before. Yep. And every entry after that, 10 gems. Beautiful. Love the setup. And it lasts for a little over five days. Plenty of time to play. Mm Mm-hmm. Rewards every two wins. They get better and better and better and better and better. If you get all the wins... You get chests, a ton of them. You get tokens, a ton of them. You get gold, a ton of it. And your last win, good old number 20, is a beautiful new emote, which I literally would spend 50 bucks on if I could. Yeah, it's really good. It's solid. Yeah, I really like it. It reminds me of Braveheart. Yes. (laughs) Right, like Mel Gibson just with his face painted. I mean, I think he had like white and blue not blue and red but blue and red makes sense for the game yeah i mean whatever right i mean red and blue it's just the goblin he's got a big smile on and then he just boom comes down a big 20 win challenge trophy 
that just takes over the screen. It's just like so impactful, right? Like previously, 20 win challenge winners would have only gotten a badge that got a 20 win challenge noteworthy, <laughs> right? Like no one would right. know unless they went into your profile and saw your badge. Um, but this emote, I mean, there's no avoiding it. No, that's true. Uh, and I, I also, you know, as much as I really want the emote, and I know I'm probably not going to get it, although there is a chance, right? There's always a chance for everybody. But even though I'm likely not going to get this emote, I am so happy that it exists because the people that do get the 20 wins deserve a way to kind of showcase that. And I think that this is a really fun way to do that. It's similar to the way that they gave us the uh, royal ghost with the gem in front of him for anyone that had the legendary trophies, you know? Like, that's a status kind of thing. And I think that that's fun. This is only the second time they've done that. I agree. I think. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. I think you're right too, Rob. Thanks, man. Doesn't happen often, but when it does, it makes me feel real good. Wow. (laughs) So that's it for the topics. Did you have anything else you wanted to discuss? Nope. All right. Well, let's move on to our meta check. Meta check. And this week, the meta check is brought to us by our friend, our boy, Sir Devin Lloyd Christmas. And he has the numbers to tell us what is going on in the arena. So, Joe, what's happening? That's right, man. So, Devin, our boy, Lloyd Christmas, hit us with the numbers. And here's what he had to say. Dude, the baby dragon has hit its stride and is not slowing down. Last week, she checked in with a 44% use rate. And this week, it's more of the same. And get this. The top card this week, including spells, Baby Dragon, tied with the Barbarian Barrel, both at a 44% use rate. Whether it's a beatdown style deck, all air style deck, or just a good old fashioned AoE defense, the Baby Dragon Revival is in full-fledged effect. And dude, if you were to look on Twitter and look at the number one card that the pros would say need a nerf, it would either be the Baby Dragon, it's like... 80% of them say that, or the Barbarian Barrel. And they say that both cards are just used so well interchangeably in so many different types of decks and don't have significant downsides to them. Mm -hmm. You know, Baby Dragon at four cost gives you a tank, gives you a flying troop, gives you AoE splash damage, which does not die to a lightning, a fireball. No, just dies to a rocket. So Poison. Doesn't die to a poison, right. So, I mean, the, 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 the... Pros and cons for this card are just so great. Right. My guess is that she's going to have a little bit of a, a a nerf coming soon, but we will see. Oh, I would say. With with numbers like that, it's pushing towards that territory. And if the pros are this vocal about it, then yeah, it's almost inevitable. So I'd be curious to see what happens. Next up, rhetorical question, Rob. Which do you think is more popular card at the top of the ladder? The Ram Rider or the Hog Rider? Well... If you guessed the Hog Rider, you would be surprisingly dead wrong. The Hog Rider in a little bit of a slump lately, checking in with a 4% use rate over the last month, while the Ram Rider has been riding high with a 14% use rate. Thinking of switching things up with your win condition? Maybe it's time to give Ram Rider a look. And I just got that card. Well, she's good. And if you got the emote, you can rock the emote and be good. I I don't have the emote, and I'm kind of sad about it. Well, that's okay, Rob, because here's an interesting development. The once left for dead clone spell has been steadily popping up in decks at the tippy top of the ladder. A 7% use rate over the last month might not seem like a lot, 
But consider this, the clone's seven appearances over the last month tie for the total amount of times in the entire previous year that this card showed up in the tippy top of the ladder during our meta checks. So kudos to Supercell for giving this card a much needed and effective Bufferoonie. The Bufferoonie, I like it. So that's all for the numbers, Rob, but Devin does have a couple of trivia questions for us, including a few from one of our community members, Black Knight. So we didn't talk about everything in the meta check, but as always, we'll include all of the information in the show notes. So if you have any questions, check them out, let us know, and we will try to respond. But Rob, trivia. Is it real trivia? Like we're keeping track of scores here? How are we doing this? No, I think it's just, I think it's just fun trivia. All right. So you want to just maybe figure them out together? Yeah. All right. So first question is, what is the only non-legendary troop to fall from the sky when deployed? I literally have no idea. A non-legendary troop that falls from the sky. I literally have no idea. I mean, don't they all fall from the sky when they're placed? Yeah, I kind of thought that they did that too, but maybe we're missing something like we usually are. Yeah, like maybe like there's a card that literally gets deployed that way, like like from the sky. Hmm. I would have said the Rascals. That's not a bad guess. I think it's a good guess. I also feel like every other card could be the answer. So what would your guess be? I pick the Rascals. If you agree, great. If not, pick a card. Yeah, I just don't have a better guess, so. Yeah? Yeah. I'll just say the Rascals. All right, let's 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 go with the Rascals then. All right. Here we go. Answer is... The Zappies? What? What? Don't they just, like, pop up? Wait, can we, can we, can we go to the tape, please? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use these right now. <laughs> Hold on, give you me gotta, a second. You gotta test this right now. I'm going in the game. I'm, I'm going in a training of, match. How Dude, are the zappies? Just, I'm going in a training match. Let me check. Let me cycle my Larrys. All right, I'm playing the Rascals. Okay. Just like a normal card. Okay. Yep. Cool. I need more elixir. <laughs> All right, zappies. Here we go. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, I think he's right. Holy cow. They come from like way up. Really? Way up. So, okay, the Rascals dropped from like, you know, in comparison, like, I don't know, like a a one tile drop, so to speak. If you were to like make a tile high. Yeah. That's where they seem like they dropped from. Okay. So like just above the Archer Tower. Yeah. Okay. But the Zappies? Like, I just dropped them at the height of my archer tower, and they started to fall from the bridge. What? Yeah. Skeletons drop, like, one tile above. Dude, this is nuts. That is so impressive. Good. And this question specifically came from Black Knight. So, dude, good job. Wow. Totally stumped me. Never in my... Never, ever, ever noticed that. I also wouldn't have noticed that about the legendaries either. Yeah. I'm sure it stumped everyone (laughs) yeah that was a that was a good question good thing we're not getting scored on this all right so next question you ready yep true or false so we have a 50 50 shot of getting this right although school would say that it's not really 50 50 but we'll see the prince can hit a troop directly across the river true no hesitation none i think it's true too why ask this if it's not true right right okay you ready it's true the prince can attack a troop directly across the river, but no further. Right. Super interesting. All right. I like that. These are fun facts. Yeah, I like it. 
Yeah. We should play maybe Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I think we'd get far. I think we'd get as far as we could get. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right, next question. What troop wears a red cape in its card, but not in a battle? We have a card that wears a red cape? Who wears a cape? Hmm. Does the Electro Wizard wear a cape? Oh, wait. Bandit. Bandit wears a cape. Bandit wears a cloak. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I'll give you that. I mean, the archers wear a cape. Oh, you're right. They do wear a cape. Hmm. Are there any other troops that are like that that wear a cape? I mean, I guess the musketeer does. Is it different, though? And then by by default, does that also mean that the three musketeers is the same? I guess it would depend on the card art, but I don't know them offhand. All right, so if you had to pick... If I had a guess, I would either say the archers or the musketeer, but the archers, I feel like, have have a cape like i feel like whenever my opponent plays an archer or if i play an archer i feel like i i'm trying to envision it right now i feel like they've got a cape dude and it's the color like it's like pink or something i guess she says he says red though he says red i feel like i have seen graphics of the musketeer as a matter of fact we've used a graphic in one of our thumbnails for one of our episodes and the musketeer has a red cape does have something red on her right but not when you play her she doesn't have a big red cape when you play her so that's the answer. This must be the answer. I feel like it's like blue or green or something. Or it's just not there. No, I think there's something there, but I, I just don't think it's red. I don't re- ever remember it being red. I remember just seeing purple. All right, but either way, in-game representation of the card is different than the actual card. Yeah, I'm going with Musketeer. All right, I like that. That's a good answer. Of course, it's the Musketeer. Boom. Yeah, we we uh, we talked ourselves into that one, huh? Moving and grooving, baby. Yeah, we are. Uh, so final question. Lay it on me. What is the only troop to deal reduced damage to crown towers? The only troop? I know it. Do you? Yep. What do you think it is? If you don't know it, I'll give you a second to think about it. Well, I was going to say a troop that acts like a spell, so there's only three that are like that. Okay, what what are they? Goblin Barrel? Yep. Skeleton Barrel? Yep. Minor. Skeleton Barrel is not a spell. Right, but could act like a spell. It's a troop that acts like a spell. and I'm just thinking of cards that are like vice versa like that. Right. And who? What was your third one? The Miner. Yeah, it's it's one of them. All right, so I gave you mine. Pick the one that it is, and we'll go with that. It's the Miner. It's the Miner? 100%. All right, and I'm not even going to say, do you think so? Because you said 100%. So if we get this wrong, this is on you. It's my final answer, Rob. But if we get it right... It's on both of us. Are you ready? Yep. All right, the grand reveal. Wow! It is the miner. It's the miner. Bum, bum, bum. Good job. Thanks, man. Good thing you didn't mess that up. Well, I don't like to take blame for things. Right, that's my job. Right. And that is how the cookie crumbles. But Joe, that's it for the meta check. And now, we got some chests. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do, because Joe decided to play this week, so he actually has chests. Yeah, I do. How how many do you got? I've got a crown, and then two, count them, two big dogs. Nice. I have a crown and a singular big dog, so you must go first. I don't like it. I know you don't like it. I know you hate it, actually. This kills me inside a little bit. <laughs> I know. I, uh, part of your soul, I, I just watched it come out of your ear. It's gone now. Don't don't even look for it. 
Alright, so I have a crown chest. Ready? Ready. 1,192 gold. Hefty. Two gems. Good. Four bats. That's odd. Seven minions. Okay. 52 fire spirits and 12 recently buffed bomb towers. Pretty, um, pretty terrible chest, Rob. <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about the bomb tower. I mean, I know I'm supposed to like it now because it got buffed, but like, it's still the bomb tower. It is. All right, you're up. Yeah, so my crown chest. Here we go. 1,115 gold. Nice. <laughs> Three gems. Of course. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? Ooh, four flying machines. Nice, those are good. Hey, 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 hey. Eight red-caped, but not really, musketeers. Those are very good. Yeah. 62 skeleton barrels. Ooh, and last but certainly not least, or maybe it is least, depending on your playstyle, one mirror. Certainly least. Yeah. So, not a terrible crown chest, but not the best. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you're up with your first big dog. I've got a giant chest. That's a good first big dog. Yes, it is. That's a giant dog. You want to hear giant? 2,961 gold. Wow. 74 skeleton barrels. Okay. One recently appearing on the top of the ladder clone spell. 188 larrys that are about to get thrown by the king. Right, yeah. To defend against the giant. And 66 valkyries. Ooh. Not bad, not good. Just decent. Just decent, Rob. Mediocre. I'm good with those. I'm good with those. Like, like middle of the road chest. Totally fine with the mediocre chest. Yeah. It's the bad ones that I dislike. Right. We want mediocre or better here on Cast Royale. Correct. Right. You're up. All right. Well, I have a magical chest, so this should be fun. Maybe I'll get a legendary. Probably not, though. Here we go. 1,504 gold. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Three barbarians, which I like because they buff them, right, by giving them an extra unit. But, like, they gave me three. So, like, what am I supposed to do with that? Use them wisely, Rob. Hmm. Five giant snowballs. Those are good, dude. They are good, but again, five? You got four bats. I got five snowballs. Three barbarians. These single-digit common cards are throwing me off. That'll happen sometimes, Rob. Five cannons. See? Right. Five cannons, and I'm maxed on those, so I got 25 extra gold. Cool. Yeah. Seven elite barbarians. See, this is turning out to be a terrible chest, Rob. Yeah, no, this is the worst magical this chest is, I've ever had. This is not even mediocre. This is the opposite of what we just talked about. I'm watching the apocalypse unfold in this chest. What if I get a legendary because the whole thing is bad? It's not going to be a legendary. Bad. You're going to get you the know. worst rare in the game. It's going to be heal spells. Oh, you're making me so upset right now. All right, let's see. Let's just see. You ready? Ready. 46 Rascals. Okay, that's a good card. That is a good card. 18 Out of the Sky Zappies. Zappies? Yeah. And you're right. It's not a legendary. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a mirror. 
Wait, what'd you say? I'm sorry. I was gotta be a way too what is way it? too happy about what's about to be said on this podcast. It's ten. Ten, not even one. Ten mirrors. No, yeah, I was right. <laughs> Dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you did this to me. I'm so sorry. I can't believe you did this oh to me. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. I'm I'm like crying <sighs> over here. <laughs> can I just give you numbers to go play the lottery with and you just not win? No, but I can open my next big dog, which is a legendary chest. Oh, I'm so excited for you, but like, I can't believe you knew that and told me that I was going to have a bad chest. Yeah, sorry. You that should was guess, so mean. You should guess the legendary before. Why don't you tell me what it's not going to be and then I'll tell you what it's going to be. Rob, it's going to be a, it's going to be a sparky, Rob. Inevitably, it's going to be the one card that I hate in this game. So, I think because you said that it's not going to be a sparky. You know what I think it's going to be? Tell me. If I'm going to guess one, I'm going to say it's the Ram Rider. Okay. Here we go. Spinning, 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 spinning. The lumberjack. Oh, boom, dude. dude. Lumberjack's pretty good. Lumberjack is ridiculous, and let me tell you that lumberjack is also included in my Pekka deck. So there's that. Lumberjack is also included in the. 20 win deck challenge that I'm about to spotlight. So, ooh, there's that, bro. I am so happy that you opened up a legendary on the show. I will bow now. You bow out gracefully, walk away with your head held high, and I will walk away with my head between my legs. Right. That was fun, though. That was a ton of fun. At least we got to open up chests for you. It's a rare occasion, Rob. So when it happens, it's got to be, you know, impactful. Right. That wasn't from a quest? That was, like, through the normal cycle? One of them was a quest. Oh, okay. What about the legendary chest? Cycle, baby. Nice. Such a good feeling when it pops out of the center of the screen and just lands on the bottom of the phone, and you're like, oh, yes. I know. So many hours I have to wait, but worth it. Worth. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of what you just said, let's move on to our... Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight. And this deck is called 20 Win Galore. And it's a 3.6 average elixir cost deck that contains the Lava Hound, the Baby Dragon, the Bats, the Skeleton Army, the Flying Machine, the Snowball, the Clone, and the Lumberjack. So Joe, Tell me how this deck got people 20 wins. All right, man. This deck is super, super good. And actually, there's two different variants. If you don't like the Lumberjack, I know I just opened it from the chest and said it was really good. If you don't like the Lumberjack, you just don't like the playstyle. the Lumberjack can be swapped out for, are you ready for it? Ready. The Barbarians. Ooh. What the Barbarians do is create a little bit more of a fireball bait style deck, right? Because you've got the, the Barbarians, you've got the... The flying machine, you've got a whole bunch of cards that can kind of, you know, be spelled, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, but when you have just the lumberjack, you take away that bait element, but you do add ridiculous defense and offensive counter push potential. Um, whereas, you know, the barbarians don't have the crazy good counter push potential, right? So you're kind of flipping and flopping. So pick your poison. Um, I chose the lumberjack version because I am 
I like to be aggressive, right? Um, Makes sense. So with this deck, uh, this isn't the kind of deck that you're going to be able to bridge spam your way in order to win. This isn't the kind of deck that you're going to be able to just drop cards in the back and hope they magically kill your opponent's tower. You lack a huge spell in this deck. In fact, the only two spells that you have in the deck are the Snowball and the Clone. Only one of those does damage to the tower. And to be honest, it's not that much damage. With this deck, the goal is simple. Get the Lava Hound down in the back, and then you supplement her with either your Bats, or your Baby Dragon, or your Flying Machine. It really all just depends on what your opponent plays. If they play something like Minions or Bats, well, Baby Dragon's probably the right answer. Right. If they play Spear Goblins or Goblin Gang, things like that, well, maybe Bats plus a Snowball will take care of the job. The goal is you want to use cards that will force at least one spell out of your opponent in order to kill it, while your Lava Hound has aggro on either the tower or other troops. Interesting. The reason is because if they throw the spell down, if they target any of the troops to try and kill them with a spell, you can counter that with any other card. For example, if they use a tornado, well, maybe those kill your bats. Cool. Well, once your lava hound pops, you've got plenty of lava pups to help out anyway. If they use the fireball, well, that's one less spell that you have to worry about when you clone. The key with this deck is timing the clone appropriately. Defend a little bit, see what your opponent has, find the counter to your troops. If you play this deck too aggressively in terms of playing your first big push as the push, Chances mm-hmm. are your, your opponent's going to be able to defend it well because you don't know what cards they have to counter your main big push, which is the clone. Right. People underestimate the clone. The thing about the clone is that it's incredible. It's so good if used situationally and if used at the right time. If you don't use it at the right time, it's literally one of the worst cards in the game, if not maybe the worst card in the game. Because it's possible that it literally does nothing, right? Right. Also, if you clone something while your opponent's in the middle of a poison, or your opponent's in the middle of a tornado, well, guess what? Everything's at one health, so they're all going to die. So this card, you know, everything in Clash Royale is, is, is simply about timing. Some decks more than others, right? This deck is a very timing-oriented deck. It's a high-risk, high-reward deck. If you play it wrong, you will lose. If you play it well, you will win. Um, the only decks that really counter this deck really well are like Executioner, NATO, Ice Wizard type decks. Um, but to be honest with you, there's not a lot of those in the current meta, right? Like you don't face a ton of those in the current meta. You might face an Ice Wizard, but you're not going to face the combination of all three of those in one big deck. That's true. You know what I do see more recently now though? Tell me. Inferno Tower. So does that wind up being a big problem for this deck considering that you usually use that to counter a lava hound well right but again right the lava hound is meant to just tank and die um yeah it's meant to just be around long enough for your other troops plus the hound itself to be able to get cloned and if they can get cloned at the right time chances are your opponent's not going to be able to do anything so you might be saying well when do i use the lumberjack right and the lumberjack is quite simply a defensive card you only want to use this card in one of two situations Number one, against your opponent's most offensive ground troop threat, right? Like a giant or even a mini Pekka or a hog rider or a ram rider or battle ram, like any of those type of cards. Right. Sometimes you might have to get creative. You might have to use your Skarmy 
in order to distract whatever troop is there so that your lumberjack can actually kill that troop. A good example of that would either be a P.E.K.K.A. or maybe a Prince, right? Like you use the Skarmy to distract the, the first hit or the charge, and then you drop the lumberjack, you know, maybe behind it to, to kind of get the damage in. The other time you're going to want to use the lumberjack is after your big push is set in. Once you have an elixir advantage, after you've already taken such a big advantage on your opponent's defensive capabilities that you mm -hmm. can just destroy them. That's when you're going to want to throw the lumberjack in because if you can get that bad boy in with a clone, with your lava hound and the pups and the baby dragon and whatever else you've got going on, it becomes devastating for your opponent. I was going to say, it sounds like chaos. It is chaos again, right? You have to know your limitations with this deck. If you're facing somebody that has a poison and they're a good player, chances are once they see your poison the first time, they're going to save their poison for your clone. That's a good point. So you cannot use your clone before you know the counter to the poison. Right. Once you know it, it's green light. And chances are you're only going to get one or two good chances with this deck in order to kill them. So the key with it, is to make that one chance, that one or two opportunities, worth it. If you commit too soon, chances... It's like a graveyard, right? Like, chances are, if you, if you show your card too soon, if you show your Maverick, you know, too soon, yeah. your opponent's going to be ready for it. You need to surprise them at the end of the game. And, you know, once it kind of goes to double elixir time, that's when you mm -hmm. pull out all your cards and, and throw out all the stops. Other than that, you're going to want to use your other cards in order to get the chip damage on the tower, get them a little bit low, put them on the, you know, the back foot. And, you know, if you have a huge elixir advantage, sure, take some risks. But if it's a close game, chances are you're not going to want to share your cards until probably the double elixir time. And after you've fully understood your opponent's counters to your win condition, which is the big massive push with the clone, baby. Boom. Boom. So that's it, man. A ton of people got 20 wins with this deck. I mean, it's clearly really good. But at the time of this recording, the version that I just told you about had a th over 1,000 games played in the 20 win challenge. And over 75% of those games played were wins. Wow. The version with the Barbarians that I was telling you about, about half the games played. But 80% of those games were wins. Wow, that's crazy. Insane. But keep in mind, these are good players playing with this deck that's really high skill capped and good. So if you play this deck, if I play this deck, chances are we're not going to win right away. But right. when you figure out how to play it, when you spend the time dedicate the time, learn the situations, when to use the clone, when to not use the clone. Take a couple of L's at first, but once you get it, dude, it's a 20-win galore, baby. Let's go. Nice. So that's it, man. Take it for a spin. I hope it works out, and you know, don't get frustrated for a couple of losses here and there. I mean, it, it kind of, it's got a learning curve. This one's got a big learning curve, so just just go in with that expectation, and, and, and you'll do well. Thanks. I'm excited. So... We got no patrons this week, but that's okay. If you would like to support the show, you can go to castroyalepodcast.com slash donate. But we did want to give a huge shout out to Daniel G for donating through PayPal. Daniel, thank you so much for the support. We truly appreciate you taking your hard-earned money and donating it to Rob and I so that we can continue to deliver fresh, fun, and family-friendly content to our listeners. The gesture was totally unexpected, but greatly appreciated. Bada bada. Boom. Boom. Yeah, man. Thank you again. Um, and that's it, man. We have nothing else except get really excited for our birthday episode. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm super excited to, I, I, I just, I'm crossing my fingers. It's two, two weeks away, right? 
But we've got something planned, something lined up that I, if it all pans out, I think our listeners are going to be super excited to see who we potentially have coming on the show, what we have to talk about, and just in general, what we have in store. I am super excited, and I just want to see how it plays out. Just two more weeks, dude. Crossing my fingers. I can't wait, and I really don't have anything to add to that. That was perfect. Boom. Boom. Uh, so if you would like to join our Discord, you can go to castrealpodcast.com slash Discord. Anytime we have open spots in the clan that are available, we post in our Discord so you know. And also, Joe and I are in there. So you get to talk to us, you get to talk to the community, you get to talk strategy and have a lot of fun. So it's a great community that's consistently growing. And Rob and I love to talk to the members of the community, so be sure to check us out and hit us up on Discord. But... As always, if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at Podcast Royale. Right. Or search for us on Instagram by simply searching Cast Royale Podcast, all one word. And as we say every episode, the number one way that you can help us reach more people is by leaving us an iTunes review. But if you are using any other podcast app that lets you like, thumb up, subscribe, heart, leave a comment, rate a review, please do it because it will definitely help us on that particular platform. And last but certainly not least, a huge shout out to clnsmedia.com for hosting our show on their site. If you're looking for the most recent episodes, you can find them there. And if you're looking for new podcasts, you can also find them there as well. And that's it, man. Episode 8-1 in the books. T-minus birthday countdown start now. Yeah, that needs to commence immediately. Like, I've already I'm commenced start it. my watch. You're one second behind already. Fix your clock. I, it's an Apple watch. It's pretty good on time. No, I started mine sooner. (laughs) Okay, thanks, bro. You're welcome. Keeping you on time, dude. You are keeping me on time. You're keeping me on time and in warm ocean waters. That's what I'm here for, Rob. Yeah. I would never steer you to cold water. No, you'd be a horrible captain if you did that. See? And also, now we know how to pronounce the name Mario. 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 And Lugia. 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 Luigiwa. Lugia. Luigiwa. Sacagawea. It sounds like it sounds like I'm saying a name of a character in Jumanji. It's fine. Tabitha will be here soon. Yeah, Tabitha's coming. All right. Well, I literally don't have anything else. I'm done. Let's go to bed. We can celebrate our birthday in two weeks. Cool? Deal. Cool. And that's it, guys. We will see you next time for another Hodgepodge of Everything. Hodgepodge of Everything. Boom. Boom. Bye. Bye.